1: Have you tried out Book Riot Insiders? If not, your time is now. It's our resource specially designed for our fellow book nerds, and you can try it for free for two weeks. There are different levels available, so you can decide which perks you want, from a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter to exclusive podcasts and giveaways. And speaking of perks, we've got a new release index curated by yours truly, Liberty Hardy, so you can see the most exciting new books coming in the next few months. Check it out and sign up for your 14-day free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 221, and today we are talking about books being released on August 13th, 2019, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Kelly Jensen, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com.
0: Hi there! Hello! This was an exciting week. I feel like I had more books to pick from than, like, I have time to talk about.
1: Yeah. We actually, in what, like, very rarely happens, I was like... Kelly wanted to talk about a title, but I was like, I wanna talk about that title. <laughs> I was like, and I wanna talk about that title. So we split them. We split the difference. Yes. Like we, yes. we each got one. Which was which thank you. I, I mean I don't usually insist on a book, but I was like, I just love this so much.
0: Yeah, so. no, it it was fine. It was like it actually took one off my plate from the like fifteen I was juggling between. Yeah. So yeah, it was a great, great reading week. Um should we hit the sponsor before we dive in? Yes, please. Cool. So our first sponsor is Flatiron Books, publisher of Thirteen by Steve Kavanaugh. Get ready for Steve Kavanaugh's breakout thriller, Thirteen. It's the murder trial of the century, but the serial killer isn't on trial. He's on the jury. Joshua Kane has killed to get the best seat in the house, and to be sure the wrong man goes down for the crime. Lee Child calls it outstanding, with an intriguing premise, a tense, Gripping buildup and a spectacular climax. Michael Connolly says the dead bang beast of a book that expertly combines Kavanaugh's authority on the law with an absolute great thrill ride. Books this ingenious don't come along very often. And Ruth Ware says Steve Kavanaugh pulls off an enviable premise with panache. And thank you to Flatiron Books publishers of Thirteen by Steve Kavanaugh.
1: I am excited to read that. I knew that they were a sponsor for the show, so I did not get to it, but I fully intend to. I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to talk about books, although you and I were talking for a while before the show about cats. And we were like, maybe we should just talk about cats
0: today. Yeah, what would happen if we just did that? If instead of talking about the eight books, we just talked about like eight cat stories.
1: <laughs> eight cats we've known.
0: That would be hilarious. Um, we should do like a spinoff.
1: off All the cats all the cats. People could write in and tell us about their cats and we could like pick a cat each week to discuss. Ah yes. Right we're gonna plot about this some more after the show but first we're gonna talk about books starting with one of the books that I stole from you because I love it so much. (laughs) It is Gods with a Little G by Tupelo Houseman, and I can already say that I'm not going to do this book justice but I'm going to try. It's a coming-of-age story it's set in Rosary, California, which is like a near it's like in the near future and towns are sort of like divided now by politics and religion and Rosary is a very religious town. Like most of the people who live there are extremely religious. And the main character is Helen or Hell as her friends call her. And she's a part of this group of teenagers who have a nickname that I don't think I can say here, so we're just going to skip that part. And they're just they're teenagers. They hang out in the local tire yard and nobody really bothers them because the tire yard stinks to high heaven. And so they just like cause trouble, drink beer, have crushes on one another. And Helen is sort of grieving as she's going through, you know, her life. She's like in flux. Her mind is all over the place. You know, she's a teenager now. Her mother uh, has recently died and she's she's very upset about that and sort of dealing with that and her father is, you know, grieving. Um, and he's trying to like, go about his business. He's trying to make amends with like the, the town across the way, which is called Sky. Because um, nobody wants to come to their town. Like, nobody's interested in hanging out in this like extremely religious town. And their businesses are suffering for it. Helen works for her aunt. She has a business. She is a psychic. And so Helen sort of takes care of things, cleans up after it, makes appointments. And um, the people in the town are very unhappy about Helen's aunt, they're trying to run her out of town because she's a psychic and that goes against their religion and they're very upset about it. And she knows that Helen also has the gift if she would just, you know, stand still for a second and and work on it. Like, Helen could also be a psychic. It's, like, the, the descriptions of teenage life and teenagers just hanging out, being jerks and wasting time and doing silly things, are so achingly real. Like, this book is, the entire book is achingly real with, like, a side of strange. And she just writes... Helen's crushes and her disappointments and like all the stupid stuff that teenagers do. Like she just writes it so well. Hausman wrote *Girl Child*, which is a novel that I really loved. But I have like a whole new level of respect and awe for her. I don't even think I possess the right words to describe this book because it's so incredible. The chapters, or maybe there are sections. They're each like a page, page or like two pages, two and a half pages long. Um, so it's like these short little bursts of this amazing verse. And it's just, it's so incredible. I was so thrilled with this book. And it's called Gods with a Little G by Tupelo Hausman. And I also want to give another shout out to Body Leaping Backward by Maureen Stanton, which is a memoir that came out a few weeks ago that I talked about, um, which is her story of basically this, like, being a jerk teenager in the 70s. um, But it's nonfiction. So it kind of, like, complements this book. It goes really well. And, again, that is Body Leaping Backward by Maureen Stanton.
0: So my first pick is the other one that Liberty and I were going back and forth on who would get to do what. And that is The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa. Um, so I'm a huge fan of East Asian horror, which this book, uh, which is in translation, is. And what begins with an unnamed narrator and her unnamed mother together is... Um, They're at this set of drawers where her mother asks the daughter to choose a drawer and discover something magic. In this case, it's perfume. And we learn that on this unnamed island, the memory police can make anything or anyone disappear whenever they would like to. So things like roses and birds and perfume are among the things that we learn are disappeared. And this little set of drawers is the unnamed narrator's mother's collection of these things that have disappeared um so so with the physical disappearance of these things comes the disappearance of the memory of these things as well so inhabitants of this island are unable to remember and thus are also not missing anything that disappears So that's sort of the big premise here. And um, people can be disappeared, too. And that's what happened to one of the unnamed narrator's parents. He was an ornithologist, and when birds disappeared, so did he. So our unnamed narrator, she's a novelist, and she's worried about losing her editor. So to protect her editor, she decides to keep him in this hidden room in her home. And she, as well as the old man, that's his name, keep the editor protected and safe even when the memory police begin to search through their home looking for him and um it's taking our narrator who's a writer a long time to write her story and to continue with what her editor came to see is a really powerful novel and we as readers get to see the parallels and unexpected twists that happen in the book that we're reading along with the book that the narrator is writing um It's it's a really fascinating premise that these two stories are playing together. Um, And then body parts and then whole bodies begin to disappear. And and this is where the story goes from this bizarre sort of idea of things being disappeared to something much, much deeper, to something um, that is about... Humanity, what it is that makes us people. So at the core of the book isn't really about things being taken, nor is it about the power that the memory police have over citizens. It's instead sort of about the small ways we connect with other humans and the ways that even when every single thing is taken from us down to our physical bodies, what remains is our voice. And um, this particular book, I think, is about quiet resistance and about the ways that we connect with fellow human beings. Um, And this book came out originally uh, many, many years ago, but it's just in translation this week, and it's really fascinating to think about how contemporary it is, even though it was written from a totally different cultural place and space. Um, No one enjoys things being disappeared, and what is interesting is to see that things that have been disappeared are the things that people find joy in. Um, and And even when all that's gone, what's at the heart of the story is how people connect with one another. um it's It's strange, it's heartening. It's kind of hard to encapsulate in a really like succinct matter, but it's a short book, and it's one that really, really packs a punch. And that is The Memory Police by Yoko Gawa. And it's translated by Stephen Snyder. So this is a book for anybody doing uh, Women in Translation Month this this month. Uh, this would be a great one to pick up.
1: Okay. My next pick is just getting tons of press the last couple of days. I'm very excited about that because it's so good. It's called The Yellow House, and it's by Sarah Broom. And I know when a publisher or a publicist sends me, like, an advanced, like, advanced, advanced copy of a book, like, you know, it's basically just, like, stapled together, you know, it's not a a bound galley, that it means that they think that they really have something special, and that is the case with this. They sent me a very early copy of this, and it's fantastic. So, in 1961, uh, Sarah's mother, Ida, bought a house in New Orleans called the Yellow House, and she was widowed at the time, and she moved in there, and she remarried. Uh, she remarried the man named Simon, who was who became Sarah's father. And all told, they had 12 children. Um, and they're, so they're living in New Orleans, and um, the town at the time was like, uh, they, it housed a major NASA plant in their section of New Orleans. Um, because space was like, it's like 1960s, and it was, space was like a big deal. Gonna go to the moon, space is like the future of everything. And of course... It didn't quite work out that way for for space exploration. Um and it's sort of like Broom tells the history of her family, um, in in not just in that house, but like for several generations, as well as like the history of her family in that house. It's a study in race and class and inequality, um in that area, you know, the changes in New Orleans and also it's a like a personal history, like of joys and losses. And what it means, like what identity is to a place, like how tied her family is to this place. But it's like it's a love letter to New Orleans, basically, and it's a love letter to this house, um, which this is not a spoiler, was lost in Hurricane Katrina, which is like oh, but it's kind of like quite the ending, you know, for that house. Um, the pro, basically, the prose is just so incredible. If it, for nothing else, you should read it because her writing is mind blowing. It is so, so beautiful. And I can't wait for everyone to read this. It's going to be huge. It's going to be like a big book club book, I, I'm certain.
0: Um, so it is called The Yellow House, and it's by Sarah Broom. I almost picked this one up, too, and then I saw you had it on your list, and I was like, we've already fought over, over <laughs> one book, so we won't fight over this. But I'm really looking forward to reading this so one. So good. My next pick is Start Here by Trish Doehler. And uh, the story is about three friends, Willa, Taylor, and Finley, who they were inseparable, though uh, Finley was really the glue holding the trio together. And when they were young, they made a promise that they would sail from their home in Ohio through the Great Loop down to the Florida Keys to celebrate the end of high school. Unfortunately, Finley dies from leukemia before she ever gets to take the trip, but she leaves Willa and Taylor with a set of clues for their trip that will help them honor her memory and allow the two of them who had been friends but had not been super tight friends uh, to bond and, and to bond outside of the relationship that they had with her. So this is a really fresh take on the road trip story, taking place entirely on sailboat that navigates a series of locks, rough waters, and I mean that both like literatively, literary, literally and figuratively. I combined the two words there. That was interesting. <laughs> um, and it also features a rough hurricane. There is obvious symbolism in the weather here. Um and, and how it relates to the friendship that doesn't really exist between Willa and Taylor. Um, and both of them are really, really grieving the loss of this friendship and uh, wondering if they can ever connect without Finley there. I love this book is, is really um, inclusive as well. Willow is a mixed race girl and Taylor is bisexual and their identities play a really wonderful role in the story as Willow confronts the realities of her race and as well as her economic challenges, she comes from a lower class and then Taylor who has had much more access to everything than Willa, has to grapple with this as well as um, understand who she's ready to share her sexuality with, and these become trigger points throughout the journey that ultimately helps Willa and Taylor find love, not just for their shared friend, but also for one another. It's a really moving and lovely, heartfelt story, and uh, told through multiple voices for anybody who loves those sorts of stories. And I just, I really loved the story of what happens when a trio of friends sees this disruption in, in this um, relationship that they've always had. And I also love that it was set on the water. Um, there aren't enough road trip stories that are not told on the road and yet have sort of the ups and downs of what it's like to be in this confined space with another person and um, what it means when the trip is ultimately over. And that is Start Here by Trish Dohler.
1: Okay. Before I tell you about my next pick, I'm going to tell you about our other sponsor today. It is Ritual. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, which I feel like is a thing I say all the time, but hey. <laughs> um, you know that uh, Ritual has been a sponsor for a while, and I have been taking them myself, and I just love them. Uh, Ritual is an obsessively researched multivitamin designed for women by women. Now, even if you're eating a healthy diet, it's really hard to get... Enough of the nutrients that you need. And Ritual contains nine of these nutrients. Uh, so you instead of taking like a bunch of vitamins to try and get them, you only have to take two capsules a day. So you order online at ritual.com and for around $1 a day, it is delivered to your door monthly so you can stay on track and with your new healthy habit and try, you know, taking just two vitamins instead of like a whole bunch and get everything, you know, uh, all these nutrients that you're missing out on. Um, I, you know, after they were a sponsor of the show, I signed up and started getting my own subscription because it's fantastic because I was taking them and, you know, I was like, well, you know, it's not going to hurt to try it. I looked at all the ingredients. They're all natural. There's nothing, you know, hidden, nothing scary in there. Their website is gorgeous. It shows you like all the different ingredients, like great, beautiful pictures of them, where they come from. They come from all over the world. And I just, I just feel a little like, I don't, it's hard to describe every time I do the ads button. I'm like, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel a little more something every day when I get up. Like, it, I feel like a little more, like, brighter, happier. I don't know. But it really, it might not be the vitamin, but it might not not be the vitamin. So, you know, I keep taking them. I think it's the vitamin. And, I you know, I really, really enjoy them. And also, I just learned when we did the odd spot last time that they, it smells like mint. Like, when I take the vitamins every morning, I'm like, yay, it's time for my little minty treat. And that there's a little thing in each bottle That's about the size of a stick of juicy fruit. And I just thought it was like a freshness thing. But it turns out that the minty smell and the minty taste that we get when we take the vitamins is from this little tab. It's called the mint tab, which they put in the bottle. Like, I didn't know that. So now I've been, like, scheming, like, what I can do with this mint tab. you're like... Can I put it in my shoes? Can I put it behind my ears, in my ears, (laughs) off my nose? I don't know. Disclaimer, please do not do any of those things. Um, But I'm just like, I want to put mint all over everything now that I have this tab. What am I going to do with it? Um, And I just, like I said, I just love taking them when I get up in the morning. I'm like, it's time to have my minty taste. Uh, So you can check this out for yourself as well. And rest easy knowing that Ritual is vegan certified, sugar-free, non-GMO, and gluten and allergy-free. And all the capsules have a no-nausea design, so they're very gentle on an empty stomach, which is true. I take them every morning when I wake up. I have not eaten anything, unless I eat in my sleep and I don't know it. Um, <laughs> and, like I said, there's a mint tab, so every bottle, you know, all the, the vitamins all taste fresh and minty. Um, so you can try Ritual today, and you can get an exclusive offer for 10% off your first three months. So go to ritual.com books to start your Ritual today, and that's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com books. Alright. My first pick of the day is Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Tokarczuk. She is a Polish author. She is, like, one of the best-known Polish authors, like, in Poland. Um, And her book, Flights, was translated into English and came out here last year. It won the Man Booker International Prize. Um, This book, Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead, was long-listed for the Man Booker International Award. Um, It's about, well... It's another book that I'm like, I don't know how to describe this, but I'm going to mm-hmm. try. So there's a woman named Janina, although she's not really big on that name. She is a recluse who lives by herself. She sort of cares for the summer homes for people in town. She studies astrology. Um, she translates the poetry of William Blake. This is what she likes to do for fun. Uh, and She's not huge on people. Much, much more interested in animals than people. Um, and this book is sort of like a genre shapeshifter. It's a literary mystery. It's a philosophical novel. It's a tale of morality. Um, and I actually, I was doing some research after because even after I read it, I was like, I, as with Fever Dream, because I've read Fever Dream like a million times and I don't understand it, but I love it. And someone explained to me like, oh, it's about this um, pollution that took place in this country. And I was like, oh, okay, well that makes more sense. So like, I like to try and see what I can find out. And on Goodreads, someone explained that this is sort of like her satire of old lady cozy mysteries. I was like, (laughs) okay, I can see that. So, like, in the book, there are are these murders that take place. Some members of the hunting club are killed, and Janina has an idea of of who's doing it, but no one is really interested in the opinions of a woman who, you know, is really into astrology and, like, is kind of strange. Um, So, it's it's a... If I had to guess... Not guess. In my best Description I would say is a philosophical eco thriller, Um, but like with stunning writing. And it's, see, I can't even describe it to you now, but I loved it. Um, And Kelly mentioned this with The Memory Police. But I like, we think about like books come out and they're new, but actually, this came out many, many years ago and was only recently translated into English. And there's actually a movie about it already, which I recommend that you do not look up until you've read the book because there's kind of like a spoiler in the description. Um, I, like, sent it to my friend who had just started reading the book. I was like, look, there's a movie. And she's like, well, now I know what that is. And I was like, oh, sorry. Um, So don't check out the movie until you've read the book, which I highly recommend that you do. It is Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Takarchuk.
0: I love the title. It's such a good title.
1: Yeah, it really is. That's another great one for Women in Translation Month.
0: My next pick is The Pretty One by Kia Brown. Uh, This is a collection of essays, uh, which as soon as I saw it pop up on Idlewise, I had to have it. So um, we rarely get to see people of color who are disabled sharing their stories, but this collection of essays by writer and pop culture lover Kia Brown is that. Um, Kia, her name might be familiar because she became well-known through her viral hashtag hashtag Uh, disabled and cute, which comes up in the book a few times when she talks about the importance of visibility for disabled people, and especially for disabled people of color who live at this really too often ignored intersection. So Kia has cerebral palsy, and she talks about how disability is part of who she is and how she grew up In her her really young years, wishing she could be more like her twin sister, Leah, who was born without a disability, and how over the course of her life, Kia has come to really embrace who she is and to really um, appreciate her body the way it is. I... Loved each of the essays in here. They're all very, very different. But the first essay in this book is such a phenomenal introduction to her voice and to how the rest of the collection proceeds. It's about chairs. And um, she talks about the power and importance of different chairs and how we take for granted how chairs feel when we sit on them. And she talks about all these different chairs and the experiences she's had sitting in them and how they have made her feel. Um, other essays in the collection talk about finding love and romance, about representation on television and how profoundly limited it is, and how she came to find self-love. Um, though she doesn't shy away from authenticity and the challenges of being disabled in a severely undereducated and unaccommodating world, the collection is itself really hopeful and Ultimately, just a joy to read. Um, Kia seems like the kind of person you would want to sit down and hang out with. Um, like she have so much brilliant insight and also want to talk to you about like the latest TV shows um, and that is the Pretty One by Kia Brown.
1: All right, another one on my list that I thought you were reading so I did not
0: read it yet but
1: I hope to. <laughs> I hope to read everything. just every book eventually you know it'll happen. I'm sure of it if I keep trying. Um, <laughs> my last pick today, is actually the fourth book in a series, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it, but also just, it's a general appreciation of this series and this author. Uh, my next pick is Play With Fire by William Shaw. This is the Breen and Tozer mystery number four, um, and I just love his mysteries. This one is set in 1960s London, and it's actually based around, like, a real case, a little bit. It's about the death of Brian Jones, uh, who was, a lot of people don't realize this, but Brian Jones was a member of, of the Rolling Stones, but he was also, like, the founding member of the Rolling Stones. And he he was found uh, dead in his pool at a very young age. Um, and so, like, we've had, like, 40 years of the Rolling Stones since then, so a lot of people don't realize that Brian Jones was a member. But um, so it's about his death, and it's also about the death of a sex worker, um, a young woman who, it turns out, had tons of powerful clients. And D.S. Breen is investigating her death, and poking his nose around, and a lot of these clients are very unhappy about that. They don't want their names out, and so he's in a bit of danger. And meanwhile, his partner, Helen Tozer, is looking into the death of Brian Jones. She has questions, and also she wants to help Breen with solving the case of the death of this young woman because she doesn't want her just to be, like, cast aside because of her profession and forgotten. Um, So, like I said, this is the fourth in the series... I'm a huge fan of William Shaw's novels. There, I think I've talked about a couple of them on the show before. There was The Bird Watcher, which was excellent. And then there was a mystery that came out last year that I really loved called Salt Lane, which is the first in a different series. Um, so I recommend starting at the beginning of this series because this does tell you some things that you would be like, I don't know what's going on here because it's from the previous books. But the thing that confuses me, I don't understand, is that all of the mysteries in this series have different titles in the UK. Like, all of them. So, I got really excited because I thought I saw, like, a couple of new books from him, and it turns out that they're just, they just have different titles. And I'm not entirely certain why that happens. It happens not that often, but it still happens. For instance, most famously, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in the U.S. is actually Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone everywhere else. And, Maybe they didn't think we were smart enough over here to know what a philosopher's stone was. You know, I kind of, like, vote, like, just go with it and make people, you know, figure it out themselves. But hey, so these are all good, whatever the title is. And this most recent one is Play With Fire, and it's by William Shaw.
0: My last pick is The Downstairs Girl by Stacey Lee. Um, For anybody who hasn't read Stacey Lee, this is a great place to... Yeah, this is a great place to start. She is writing, hands down, some of the best YA historical fiction out there. And each of her books star girls of color at the center. The Downstairs Girl is set in 1890s Atlanta and it follows a girl named Jo as well as her caretaker named Old Jin, who live under the house of a local newspaper publisher who is completely unaware that they're inhabiting the space. Uh, Old Jin took Joe in when her parents abandoned her. And when Joe overhears the folks upstairs talking about how Agony Ant columns have led to newspaper sales soaring, she decides to take it upon herself to suggest a column and to do so through the pen name Miss Sweetie. They are game for it, being completely unaware of who this Miss Sweetie really is and never having an identity to go with this anonymous Agony Ant character. Um... And she begins to write these regular columns under the strict anonymity and sales for this newspaper are just skyrocketing. And so is interest in finding out who Miss Sweetie really is. Um, This isn't the only piece of the story about discovering who Joe is. Uh, It's also a story about Joe discovering who she is and the serious family secrets going on around her. Uh, it's a book about early feminism as well and how white that feminism was and how girls and women of color like Joe, who is Chinese-American, were shut out and discriminated against in the name of equality. Um, it's a really interesting premise, uh, a really fascinating slice of history that I knew nothing about. Um, after the Civil War, planters brought in Chinese immigrants to fill the gap of um enslaved people who were let go um, and given the opportunity to leave. Um, And so Chinese were brought in to do this work. Uh, So this was something I knew nothing about and comes up in the book. And then there's a really phenomenal um, author's note explaining this history a little bit more. Um, I really love Jo, the main character, because she is a spitfire from start to finish in this book. And it's such a joy to see a story from the perspective of such an underrepresented group in um, American history and in historical fiction particularly for young people um i loved old jen in this story he's a great uh caretaker figure and we learn how uh he came to take care of joe and yeah it's just a fascinating weaving of so many layers of secrets in this story um and that is the downstairs girl by stacy lee
1: i really love under the painted sky so i'm looking forward Me to reading it.
0: Yeah. yeah so those are our new books what are you going to read next i right now am reading don't date rosa santos by nina moreno which is fabulous um it's a YA book about a girl who her family came from cuba she lives in south florida and she is um Trying to decide where she wants to go to college and she wants to go to the school where she gets the opportunity to study abroad in Cuba, but she's really worried about telling her her mom about this and her grandma about this because of their fraught relationship with their um, home country. I want to read that. Yeah. What are you reading?
1: I am getting ready. I think tonight when I'm done my work, I will start Dear Girls, Intimate Tales, Untold Secrets, and Advice for Living Your Best Life by Ali Wong. Ooh. Um, I have not watched her comedy specials. I have not watched her movie. I have yeah. watched her on several late night shows and I find her delightful. Um, mm-hmm. And also I just need something really light to read right now. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping it's light. I'm assuming it'll be funny. Um, yeah. So I just finished recently. I read like the most horrific true crime book I've ever read. Like so well done. But like the first book I've ever read that made me physically ill Um, which was The Last Stone by Mark Bowden, which is a wildly fascinating look at the way that they caught a killer and, but just the most upsetting descriptions in the book that I've ever read. And I mean, I've read, like, you know, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is horrifying, terrifying. Like, this one, like, made me so sick to my stomach, but I couldn't stop reading it. Um, So if you're into true crime, I highly recommend it with the disclaimer that you know, it is so upsetting. So, there you have it. And that's yeah. it for us today. Thank you to our sponsors. You can go to insiders.bookriot.com to get 14 days free. Go. To, uh, thank you to Flatiron Books, publishers of 13 by Steve Kavanaugh, which is available now wherever books are sold. And we will have a link to it in the show notes. And you can get 10% off your first three months of Ritual at ritual.com slash books. And start getting that minty, minty happiness. <laughs> um, and you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Uh, you can find Kelly on Twitter. She is Veronica Kelly Mars. It is V E R O N I K E L L Y M A R S. I meant to ask you, like, are you a Veronica Mars fan, or is that just like the same thing, like with my friends and comes alive, where it's just like it's a fun play on words?
0: It's a fun play on words, but I do like Veronica Mars. And um, I haven't. Uh, to be fair, I've only watched the first two seasons because I was told don't watch season three, so I haven't and mm-hmm. haven't haven't watched season four, but I know what happens and have some not complicated feelings about that anyway.
1: <laughs> I'm looking I have watched the first three and the movie and I'm looking forward to watching the fourth season and I don't know anything about it, so I'm gonna have to watch it soon before I find out. Um uh, but you can find <laughs> me on Instagram at Frans and Comes Alive. Because books rock, not because I love Jonathan Franzen. Uh, and if you want to give us a treat, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, or more books in general, or cats—don't forget all the cats. Cats. Uh, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com/all-the-books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy
0: reading. Happy reading.